So as we consider these verses we've been going through, he exhorted us last time for watchfulness, soberness as believers in the preceding verses there to become a part of their or uh, our daily lives. Do you guys understand that we are to live the word of God? Okay, these things are given to us. All things that pertain to life and godliness are found in the scriptures. Okay, and it's in Christ. And that's what the word of God does. The volume of the book is about him. It points us back to him, our need of him. So he wants them and us to practice what he's been preaching here. Because let me tell you what, how many of you guys have been just blessed by this little epistle? I've been thoroughly exhorted, encouraged, rebuked in ways. Like, yeah, if I just did this, how much pain would I save myself? How much grief? How much better are your ways? You guys ever feel like your thinking gets jacked up? I do. There's so many times I'm reading the word. It's almost daily. It's just like, wow, God, you're right. <laughs> I'm wrong. Even though I thought what I was thinking was good and right, actually it's not because you're always right. So with this in mind, guys, I think he passes on some, uh, some very brief directions for us um, in this last section in just a few words. There's so much information here. I entitled this morning, as you guys can see uh, by the slide up here, um, a lot to love. Um, and that is so true when it comes to God's ways. Uh, for you guys at home, I'm going to get the slides rolling for you too. So simple outline for this morning. How many of you guys like outlines? I normally have one. I just don't share them all the time. But this morning, we're going to look at love for your leaders, love for one another, love for God's will, love for the Spirit's fire, and love God's faithfulness. Those sound like some pretty good things, and that's what we find in these short few verses. So let's take a look together here at verse 12 of chapter 5 in 1 Thessalonians. And we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Be at peace among yourselves. So we see here, guys, uh, the church family. It has to have spiritual leadership. That's something that God's ordained for the church. But I also want us to keep this in mind that leadership should never be dictatorship. Amen? Okay? So the leader sets an example. Leaders pay the price. Leaders seek to help others in Christian love. A dictator uses the law, not love. He does not lead. He drives. Okay? His motives are selfish, even if he thinks he's doing good work for the church. So, why do they deserve your love? Well, it tells us here in verse 12, they are hard at work among you. And they ought to come by a leader's, really a leader's reputation of the quality of the work and not from any other cause for their work's sake. So the work with effort, both bodily and mentally, okay, they labor. Um, 
This doesn't mean that we esteem him with the title. That's not what it's saying. Although I do like most holy, honorable, reverend. I mean, that, that works. But <laughs> that's not the point of what Paul's saying here. And also, did you guys catch in verse 12 that they are over you in the Lord? Let's slip to Hebrews chapter 13 real quick. You see, God has appointed them to be your leaders, which is a reason enough to respect them, right? Well, God, <laughs> this is who you've chosen. All right, we can roll. And you should follow them really as we're exhorted in other places in Scripture. I just want to share two verses with you guys. I'll throw them up. Well, just the references up here. We're going to look at chapter 13 of Hebrews, verse 7. We're exhorted here to remember those who rule over you, who have spoken the word of God to you, whose faith follows. I love that that's put that in there. Considering the outcome of their conduct. So we should be mindful of our leaders. And I would ask you guys as your pastor, please remember me in prayer. Okay? That's just something I think is a good discipline for Christian um, believers everywhere. It's just to be praying for your leadership. That's just something we should be doing as a regular basis. A lot of you guys know that I pray with a group of pastors on Tuesdays every week. And a big part of my conviction of giving myself to those men and to that time is to really remember them in prayer, okay? To actually lift them up before the Lord, go before them in prayer. Even this morning, being mindful of them and things going on in their local churches and lifting them up. And then there's another scripture we find in verse 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable to you. Now, leaders in this capacity, we're told in Acts, I think it's chapter 6, verse 4, are to be given to prayer and to the word. And I rub his shoulders with a lot of other Christian leaders' places. And to be honest, they're carrying with so much of the burdens of the church family. Just a lot of stuff that really shouldn't be happening and going on. But shepherds, leaders care. Do you know that they love and they carry those burdens with them? And that's why I think Paul here exhorts us, hey, you know, Obey them, be submissive to them. They're watching out for you. They're going to have to give an account, but let them do it with joy. You know, like ministry should be a joy. And I love the privilege of being able to preach the word. I love preaching the word. I love serving you guys. I love encouraging you in the Lord. But sometimes some of the stuff that comes my way, it's not a joyful thing. Not that we can't be real in real life things, but how we approach life together. Okay, we can do it in love, in working together, or we can struggle and fight. You know, and let me tell you what, I don't like bumping heads with people. I'm not a confrontational person. I just don't care for that. I don't think most people are. So I love these exhortations are found in Scripture. Let's head back to 1 Thessalonians. So... You may be asking, isn't submission to someone older or someone more knowledgeable the first step to maturity? Well, when we move from knowing everything to being eager 
to learn. You guys know what I'm talking about. Teenagers, listen up. Okay, I'm going from knowing everything to, hey, I have a lot to learn yet. Okay, I believe for all of us, okay, it doesn't matter how old you are. This is a reality for each and every one of us. Are we open to learn? Because let me tell you what, I'm growing. I'm learning. I don't know how many times I've read through the book of Genesis. I've gotten to preach the book of Genesis before. Just going through it once again this week, I'm just like, oh, wow, never saw that. Whoa, look at that theme. And that, this is going to be so rad. I can't wait to get into this with the fellowship. But the reality is I want to learn. That's why I'm studying. I've been digging into Genesis stuff for the last four or five months already preparing because I know I don't know it all. Do you guys know that? We are all growing in learning. You're not going to exhaust, especially the word of God. Okay. And for you guys who daily read, and we need to be reading, okay? Do you guys know that only one out of three Christians read their Bible every day? Only one out of three. And it's something. If it's our daily bread, what should we be doing? Daily taking it in. Anyways, sidetracking. Back to this. We need to be growing, okay? And there's always further to go. Also, we're told here, if you look at verse 12 again, They admonish you. So these leaders, they admonish you. They urge you both privately and publicly to obey God by giving you much needed encouragement. But also a good leader will reproof and reproach when necessary. Okay. I don't like doing it, but there's many of you in this room right now that have heard that from me and I do it out of love. Okay. Um, unfortunately, this is where some folks find it very easy just to leave when they are being warned by leadership. How dare you confront me? How dare you speak truth into my, I'm gone. Okay. Um, anyways, let's move on to verse 14. It says in verse 14 here, uh, We're exhorted now to love one another. It says, now we exhort you, brethren. Warn those who are unruly. Comfort the faint-hearted. Uphold the weak. Be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone. But always pursue what is good, both for yourselves and for all. So, guys, it's not just enough here um, to have church leadership, there must be partnership within the church. Does that make sense? Great. We got a good leadership. <laughs> Whoop-dee-doo. <laughs> okay. The function of the church or the purpose of the church is to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Okay. Again, I want you guys to look around the room. Look at one another. We're all part of the body. Okay. This is a partnership. We are working together. We are a family. We are about the family business. Okay. Um, So with each one of us, each member, we need to be doing his or hers parts. We all have parts. So each of us, each Christian, needs to steward the spiritual gift or gifts that God's given us. And that's one thing that I love by getting to serve with you guys, get to know you, to see your giftings, and then how can I draw that out? (laughs) Okay, How can we get you plugged in in using those things? There's a reason why God is giving you the gifts He's giving you, okay? I lack a lot of things. I try to do what God's called me to do the best I can, but there's a whole lot of things that people think a pastor should be doing 
that I'm not gifted in. I'm not called to. And when we get in that mentality, well, it's just for the leadership of the church to take care of everything with the church. That's unbiblical. That's nowhere to be found in the scriptures. That's not healthy. Okay? We are a body working together. And who gets the glory when that happens? It's God. Wow, look at them. They really are serving each other, loving each other, working together for the glory of God. It's all for his glory. So we need to be doing this for him. And I love here that Paul specifies certain kinds of Christians who need special help. Did you guys catch in verse 14? It says, warn those who are unruly. Okay, this is actually a military term if you look into it, which signifies a soldier who does not keep their proper rank. Thus, anything that is out of order. So how is a soldier treated when they won't keep their rank? They're insubordinate, okay? We also see in verse 14 here that we need to encourage the faint-hearted, okay? So the faint-hearted, those who are worried about dead relatives and friends and about their own salvation, it's not to be despised is what, we're, what he's exhorting here. We actually need to comfort those people, okay? Encourage them, and also we see here to uphold uh, the weak. So maybe there's those struggling with instability or insecurity or inabilities. And that's where we, brother and sister, get to come alongside one another and uh, lift them up. So the spiritually immature who are tempted to lapse into immorality must not be abandoned. Okay, We need to come alongside. Okay all the spiritual things that are necessary for them morally, uh, whatever. We get to help them. And we get to help one another be strong in the Lord. Okay, Do you pray for one another? Do you reach out to people? How are you doing? What's going on in this season in your life? Anything I can do? We, we should be doing that for one another. So we uphold them, cling to them, pay special attention to them okay um do we have anyone who's weak in the room i hope so okay because that's who god often uses right and he often will use those people not by themselves we're very seldom called to go it alone in the christian life do you guys know that we are called to when i threw out the plea earlier like hey pray about serving the young ladies in the youth group we're looking for another you know, woman to step up and to serve in that capacity. You know, Lydia's a rock star. She could keep doing it. But there's just something. I'm seeing the Lord build our youth leadership team, you know, and there's just a blessing in sharing that load, that work to be able to encourage. The biggest part of it, I think, is just encouragement that you guys are finding in serving together. Okay, a bunch of you guys are plugged in serving at the pantry. Okay, it's just something. We're there for one another. We're loving each other. We're serving one another. And it's just because we're there. We're helping each other. None of us can do it on our own. I'm going through a season. I got post-COVID stuff. I'm a mess. Last night was horrible. I felt like I was having heart attacks like crazy. I've been weak. I can't even pick up a box to carry out to one of our pantry guests right now. It literally does me in. And it's been so cool just seeing the body of Christ. Hey, (laughs) we're there. We're going to help each other. And that's what the body does, guys. 
We need to be there for one another. But we can't be there for one another unless we actually know one another and know what the needs are. Are you willing to be honest with your brothers and sisters and say, hey, I'm weak here. I need help here. Okay, We have a group for our church. Okay, It's a closed, private Facebook group. But I love in there because there's times where you guys will share requests. Hey, please, will you be praying? Can you lift this up? And we do pray for one another. Or a need is shared and it's taken care of. I love that. A couple weeks ago, I shared about some refugees from Congo. I love you guys. You guys stepped up. Money was given. A bunch of stuff was donated. Two car loads, you know. People that are having been coming on Sunday mornings are still part of our church family, heard about it online, and they're calling, what can we do? What can we serve? You know, a huge need was met. And it's so cool because World Relief locally, okay, we haven't been taking in a whole lot of immigrants of late, but they're estimating 160 families this next year. It's going up. What an opportunity for the church to love on these families coming here many of them from the muslim world and who are they going to be served by loved by a bunch of jesus freaks how radical of a testimony that is right so but it's just cool when we as the body of christ can come together and do our parts um i want to share a letter with you guys from a gal who tried to commit suicide She said, no matter how bad the pain is, it's never so bad that suicide is the only answer. Suicide doesn't end pain. It only lays it on the broken shoulders of the survivors. And then she added to her story, and I liked this part. By the way, to all the doctors, nurses, psychiatrists who forced me to live when I didn't want to, thank you for keeping breath in my lungs and my heart beating and encouraging hope in me when I didn't have any hope. That's what we get to do. There's a lot of people who are hopeless. Right now at the Freedom Center in Appleton, we got the food pantry, closed closet stuff going on. Um, Barbara Goyke, some of you guys know her. Um, the Suicide Awareness uh, center, okay, which has been in Kakana for years. The largest walk that takes place in Wisconsin is the suicide awareness walk that happens here in Kakana every year. Um, there, that <coughs> ministry is going to be starting to utilize the Freedom Center to minister to people who are hopeless and suicidal right there, downtown Appleton. So I'd encourage you guys to be praying about that. How does that look? How can we reach, you know, a world that is hopeless, that don't know the Lord? Because we have a hope to share, and we can be there for others. So be praying about that. Also, this morning, um, our sister Liz, during prayer, was praying about taking the Lord's yoke. It's easy, right? It's light. Um, they make special yokes. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but they make special yokes where one side is way heavier <laughs> than the other. So the older, stronger oxen take the heavier part, the heavier load of that yoke, okay, uh, 
to carry. So the yoke becomes easy and the burden becomes light. And there are things, guys, in our lives where you may be a little stronger or gifted in this area or you lived a little longer, you have a little more experience where you can come alongside someone who's going through it. Hey, brother, sister, okay, I'm going to bear this burden with you, okay? I'm going to be there for you and you help them with that work. And I think that's one of the most loving things that we can do as believers, because often we want to do something big for God, right? Let's do a huge outreach or this thing or that thing. Go big or go home, right? <laughs> and there might be somebody sitting right next to you. That God's saying, hey, this is the big thing I want you to do. I want you to come alongside this brother or sister and just love on them. Serve them. Okay? Because we can't do it all. I'll be honest, one of the hard things as a pastor is I love you guys. I want to give myself to each and every one of you. If there's a need, hey, how can I serve? How can I encourage? What can I do? But that's not practical for any one of us to take on everybody. That's again where the body needs to be working together. Do you guys get that? Okay, so we need to be serving each other in that way. So can you help shoulder the heavy side upon your shoulder for a while? And I think God gives us seasons where, hey, I'm willing to take on that extra burden. All right. Also, in verse 14, we see, be patient with all. You guys see that there? Okay, I'm not making this stuff up. It's in the Bible. <laughs> um, and it tells us to be patient with who? Everyone. Think about that. Have we been patient with everyone? Okay. God doesn't say you're just allowed to be patient with just this group of people. Or they're a special case. You can be patient with it. No. <laughs> All. Okay? So the word patient actually means to hold out for a long time before taking action. To be patient. So Paul wants the Thessalonians to have this long suffering towards those who are in the church, but also those who are outsiders. Everyone even if they are mistreating them. So they must not reject anyone, but bear and forbear is a command here in the scriptures. And then verse 15, it talks about, um, see that you don't render, no one renders evil for evil to anyone. So how foolish is revenge? Think about it for a second. I think that's one of the most foolish things we do as human beings. Okay? If we take revenge, we are as foolish as the man who drove his brand new car into an old parked car. And when the police asked him to explain his actions, he replied by saying that, hey, both cars belong to me. And I was just taking out revenge on my old car for giving me so much trouble. That's the stupidity of revenge, guys. It does no good. Okay, so what should our reaction be if we are being mistreated? Okay, don't imitate the old cranky lady who wasn't invited to the neighborhood picnic party. One morning after an event, she realized their affront and they sent a little boy with a special invitation to her. It's too late now, she snapped. I've already prayed for rain. <laughs> we really need to check our hearts, guys. Okay? If God tells us, 
that we should be patient and that we shouldn't take revenge on anybody. I think we need to do what he's asked us to do. That's what love does. Also, love got her love, uh, the will of the Lord. Okay, let's take a look here at verse 16, 17, and 18. Let you, let you guys have these memorized. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ for you. So, rejoice, <laughs> pray, give thanks, okay? Those are regular admonitions, okay? But if we add the adverbs, right, they become a real challenge, don't they? Rejoice even more. <laughs> pray without ceasing and in everything give thanks okay do you guys see how radically different that becomes just because of the adverbs there so the christian who walks with the lord and keeps in constant communion with him they're gonna find reasons to always be rejoicing always be giving thanks all day long okay if you are not rejoicing and if you are not giving thanks, I would put some money on it that, hey, you're not walking with the Lord on a regular basis. Okay? It's one of those things. Even if things aren't going well, you still can rejoice. You still can give thanks. And that just happens when you are walking with Jesus, when you're looking to him. Wow. Thanks, Lord. Thanks even for this hard stuff. So I know it's going to be good. I know you're going to work it out. So in verse 16, when it says to be joyful always, okay, rejoice always, this is actually the shortest verse in the Bible. Isn't that really cool? I thought Jesus wept was. John eleven thirty five, 35, right? Well, guys, if you actually look up the Greek word here, there's two words, 14 letters for rejoice always. Jesus wept in the Greek is actually three words and it has 16 letters. So now you guys know you're well educated here at Freedom. You know the shortest verse in the Bible now. So joy really was one of the marks of the primitive uh, Christian, Christianity as a whole, uh, which really amazed the world and it attracted the world to Christ. Okay, Paul is concerned that the joy of the Thessalonians might be strangled by suffering. So he urges them to rejoice, not in what was happening to them, but in their Savior and all that he has done for him. I want to be attractive as a Christian. Okay, I want people to say, hey, I want what you got. I want to know this God of yours. I want to understand this gospel that you believe. I want the word of God to be attractive to people. But man, when we are defeated and we're acting like the world, is that going to draw people to Jesus? Now, is joy a feeling? It's a virtue, guys. We choose joy. Every day for the last couple weeks, my daughter Shalom, Dad, can you play King and Country's Joy? And she sings it at the top of her lungs. I choose joy. And that song is so ministered to my heart. Okay? Because it's not easy. Okay? Just because you're a pastor, Ozzy, we just don't float and everything isn't just perfect. He thinks that about pastors. 
No, he knows better. He's been over to our house. Reality is sunk in. Just a normal dude, okay? But we all go through it in life, guys. We all face the same things. We go through the same storms. But we as Christians, we get to choose joy in the midst of the storm. We may not be happy about what's going on, but we have joy in our God, in our Savior. That's our choice. And don't let Satan rip you off of the joy that we have as believers. So, we're also told to pray continually or without ceasing. So, they that pray best together also pray alone. Okay? And it's one of those things, guys. We have our prayer closets. That's great. We need to be praying all the time. But we also need to be praying together. Praying opportunity. Um, forget what day it was. Monday or Tuesday, I swung by Seth's Coffee. A little drive through downtown Appleton. I was going, oh, it was Wednesday. I was going over to the pantry, I think. Something. I was dying. I was having a bad day. I'm just like, I need some caffeine. And I know this isn't good for my heart. Lord, give me wisdom. And I think my flesh said, you need the coffee. So I got the coffee. <laughs> um, but it may have been the Lord leading too. Because it was so cool. I drive up. I'm like, praise the Lord. No one's in line. I don't have to wait. You know? I pull up, the guy opens the window. He's just looking at me and staring at me a little weird. I'm like, what's up with this guy? And he says, what do you do? Didn't ask me what I want. What do you do? I love Jesus immediately out of my mouth. I didn't even think about it. I'm like, I don't think that, hey, I'm a dad. I think I'm an okay husband. Um, (laughs) You know, I pastor at a church. I'm going to serve at a pantry right now. It was just, I love Jesus. And he's like, I knew it. I could totally see the joy. And I was not feeling good when I went to the pantry on Wednesday. And I'm just like, wow, the joy of the Lord is there, even though I feel like crud right now. And it was so cool. This brother, his name's Ben. Okay. I was on the phone with his dad last week because his dad got COVID and he's having heart issues and he's considering heart surgery. So I was talking and ministering to him last week. I'd never met his boy before. And I'm like, hey, what's your name, bro? Ben Stadler. I'm like, is your dad Paul? Yeah. I'm like, well, small world, mind blown. So cool. And then, you know, he took my money, he's sitting there, and you got to drive down to the next little drive-in window at that Seth's coffee shop. And he's just like, hey, can I pray for you? I'm like, absolutely. You know, because I had shared with him I have heart issues, uh, you know, but his dad too. Um, anyways, he just prayed. And it's so, it was the highlight of my entire day. Just having this brother, never met him before. I'm the pastor. I'm the one that prays for people. And this young man who's working at a coffee shop, can I pray for you, bro? Absolutely. And it so was spot on. I mean, it was inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it just spoke to my soul and so encouraged me that day. And that's the body of Christ, guys. Well, I don't know how I can share in a burden of someone's else, how to love them, okay? We're family. (laughs) We just take care of each other, you know? We don't even have to really know each other that well. But because we know him, we are known. And because of that, we can just love and serve one another. So if God's prompting you just to pray with somebody, pray. You just don't know. Anyways, thanks, Ben, if you happen to be watching. (laughs) You blessed me. But the point is we're to be praying praying without ceasing. And I have a feeling that my brother Ben that I just met 
was probably praying without ceasing that day to be in tune with the Spirit, to be open to minister to me in that way. And I think that's why walking with the Lord is so important. That's why praying without ceasing is so important for the Christian life. Okay? So pray without ceasing doesn't mean... You guys remember in Matthew 6, uh, verse 7, where Jesus talked about those who love to go and pray on the corners so everybody is hearing their long prayers? That's not praying without ceasing. That's not what Jesus is saying we should be doing. Okay? True prayer... It's an attitude of the heart. That's true prayer. Where is your heart before the Father? Okay? I'm hoping you guys are praying right now as we're taking in the Word of God today. That, hey, God, this is right. I need help here, Father. Lord, open my heart to these truths. God, would you give me eyes to see if there's a brother or sister here today that you might want me to love on and to serve or somebody that I work with? You know, just being in that place of always being in conversation with him. And I think that's where people get tripped out about praying without ceasing. Well, I need my prayer list. I need to get up extra early and have a great start of the day in prayer, which great if you do that. Those things aren't bad. But do you understand that prayer is a conversation with God? And if he is with us and he's never going to leave us or forsake us, if he's always there, I'm not going to be the dude who's just, I'm ignoring you, God. Sorry, we're not talking right now. He should always be in our conversation. And it doesn't always have to be out loud. Okay, I'm always talking to the Lord. I'm preaching right now, but I'm praying at the same time. I'm like, Lord, I need help right now. (laughs) I got some COVID brain going on. I need help right now. You know, there's just those realities. But we walk with the Lord as we learn to pray without ceasing. It's really going to be a desire in our heart. God, I just want you in every interaction I'm having today, every meeting I have, every conversation I have, even every email I got to send out today, conversations with my kids i'm getting home what i say to my wife i desire it's in my heart for you to be a part of all of that i want to invite you into all of that and that's where we need a right attitude so when our hearts desire what god desires we are praying all day long as the spirit intercedes for us and through us so the ways the word here uh have been used outside of New Testament. That's one thing I love doing is looking at, hey, great, they use this word for pray continually, but how do we see this actually used in the common day language of the time? And it came up in a few different ones, which I was fascinated with and I want to share with you guys. One of them is continually in the sense of uh, uninterrupted necessary payment of taxes, all of us understand that, right? So that's to say, I don't have a choice. This is, I pay taxes. <laughs> that's the same thing, pray without ceasing. We just do it, okay? Also, a continual service of an official. It came up as a continual uninterrupted cough. And that got kind of, kind of thinking. You guys ever get a cough where you just like, you feel like you always have to cough, right? But you're not coughing the whole time. It's there. You can cough at any moment, And that one really kind of got me. I'm just like, yeah, that's how prayer should be. It's just always right there. At any moment, I'm praying, praying without ceasing. So that kind of was cool. Um, So it's really an attitude of praying with our heart and life, just everything praying without ceasing. Spurgeon said, as you are tempted without ceasing, 
pray without ceasing. Okay? Um, Oswald Chambers said, prayer is not an exercise. It is the life of the saint. We need to pray. I'd like to grow in my prayer life. I want to learn how to pray better. Start praying with other brothers and sisters. Join us at 9.30 upstairs. Okay, Go to prayer summits. Go to prayer gatherings. There's dozens of them throughout the valley during the week. Okay, Let me know what night of the week you're open and I'll find one for you. Brothers and sisters pray. They don't have to go to Freedom Fellowship to pray together with them. Do you guys know that? Okay, One church, capital C. People are praying and we need to be praying right now my people pray what will god do okay i'm praying oh man yeah i don't like prophesying saying what god's going to do or not going to do but i believe that there's going to be something very unique in the near future for the church of jesus christ something very real okay i see and i might i don't think it's prophetic i think it's just being able to see big picture things do you guys see god drawing a line in the sand right now Okay, you really are his. You're playing a game. You're not. I feel like God's making that very clear. And I think he's going to use it in a big way. Um, yeah. Fun times to be alive. All right, let's start wrapping this up. Give thanks in everything. So if you <clears throat> face the sun, your shadow is always going to what? Fall behind you. But if you turn around, you're always, it's always going to be in front of you. Okay, so face the sun. In everything, give thanks in the midst of your situation or your sacred circumstance. And you can do that when you're looking to Jesus. And this is the will of God. Did you guys catch that? What's your will, God? It refers to these three things. Rejoice, pray, and be thankful. Rejoice, pray, and be thankful. I want you guys to think about the worst day you had this last week. You got it? How would that day have looked a little different if you chose to rejoice, pray, and be thankful a little more in that day? Would it have looked different? Probably. All right. Verse 19, do not quench the spirits. We need a love for the spirit's fire. Don't quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies, verse 20. And then verse 21 tells us to test all things and to hold fast to what is good and abstain from every form of evil. So when it talks about quenching here, guys, um, it means to put out a fire, okay? It's kind of like in Mark chapter 9, verses 47 and 48, to be cast into hell Fire where the worm does not die and the fire is not quenched. Okay? We are not to quench the Holy Spirit, guys. Okay? To put out. So, appropriating a fix to the Holy Spirit. Okay? We read of the cloven tongues of fire. So, never become attached to anything that continues to hurt the heart of God. The Holy Spirit will prompt us. You who are in habitual sin. Okay? If you are born again, the Holy Spirit alarm's been going off in your life. Okay? Don't go there. Don't do it. Turn around. Stop. He always makes a way of escape, doesn't he? 
we got to be sensitive to the Spirit. But we give in to sin when we quench the Spirit. Well, forget you. (laughs) I don't want to hear it right now. I want to do what I want to do. I want to call the shots right now. So don't do anything that hurts the heart of God. Uh, The fear of the Lord. How many of you guys have read through Proverbs before? Okay. Um, I would encourage you guys, read Proverbs on a regular basis. Good stuff. Okay. The beginning of wisdom. It's the fear of the Lord. It is good to fear God. Do you guys know that? And do you understand what the fear of God is? It's not to crawl underneath your chair and be scared. Oh no, he's after me because I am sinful. All you know I'm sinful. I'm in trouble. Okay? I believe the fear of the Lord is doing something that's going to hurt our Heavenly Father's heart. Man, God, you laid down your life. You loved me that much. You've brought me into your family. I am now your kid. You're now my dad. And I fear that I'm going to do something that's going to hurt you. I don't want to do that because I understand your heart. I understand how much you love me. Okay? As Christians, we have nothing to fear. I love your shirt, Doris. On the back, it says faith, fear, or faith over fear. That is so true for us as believers. Okay? We have nothing to fear. We fear him. Who? God. Why? Because we actually know him. Okay? And I want to please him. A lot of people say, well, as Christians, we should be doing this. Or you should be thinking the way I'm thinking on this. I want you to take a stand with me on this. Well, I'm going to tell you guys this. The only stand I'm going to take is on Jesus Christ, my rock. Because other other ground, it's sifting sand. And I fear him. I'm going to honor him. Okay? And the choices I make isn't from a place of ignorance. It's a place of honor. What he deserves. Okay? So it's one of those things, guys. Who do we fear? Do we fear man more? Or do we fear God more? And when we fear God correctly, we're going to do what honors him. And if we're doing what honors him, we're not going to want to do anything that hurts him. Does that make sense? So it's really out of love. I love you, Father. And that's why I'm going to fear you. Because I don't want to do anything that's going to hurt you. Because you hung on that cross for my sin. So, this really says stop doing something you're presently doing. So what are you presently doing that's smoldering the Holy Spirit's fire in your life? Okay, it's one thing to hear this truth. It's one thing for you guys even to agree. Hey, pastor, this is right on. I'm, I'm grabbing what you're laying down here. But you got to actually name it. You need to own it. What is it? Okay? And then you deal with it. You get on your knees. You cry out for forgiveness. You repent from it. And you cry out for God's help. For his Holy Spirit. Okay? It's his Holy Spirit that's going to help us, guys. You understand that? We can't do it on our own. That's why the empowering of the Spirit is so important. That's why so many religious people who follow Christ without being really saved or born again, how can I do this? And that's why they gravitate then to works of the flesh. If I just keep the law, if I do these things, if I confess enough or I give enough money, then that'll cover what I'm not able to do. (laughs) But when you come to faith in Christ, you're a new creation. Old things pass away. Okay? You're old man, reckon him dead. Walk in the newness of life. 
We're set free from sin when we come to faith in Christ. Now we get to walk with him. We get to have his Holy Spirit in us, empowering us. And yeah, he will help you. You just don't grieve him. That's, that's our part. Okay, We yield to the Spirit of God. So when we criticize or discourage others, we throw cold water on their inner fire. Okay, And I don't want to do that. I know you guys don't want to do that to anybody else. Man, encourage them. Pray for them. So are you grieving the Holy Spirit this morning with a cold heart? A rebellious frame of mind? Maybe a flippant complacency? You see, in verse 20, guys, um, don't, don't despise prophecies, he says. This all ties together here. Um, the Thessalonian believers, they were doing this, okay? And they were quenching the Spirit by despising prophecies. But we're also told in the next verse, 21, to test all things. So Paul immediately balances with, you know, don't accept everything. Prove it. <laughs> test it. That's what we need to do. Because there's a lot of people seeing a lot of things right now. Okay, We have the joy and the blessing of living in a time and an age where we have the internet and YouTube and all these social platforms and everybody is saying something. And the amount of prophets that they are, are right now within the church of Jesus Christ, there is a ton of them. And I'm losing more hair because <laughs> I'm scratching my head. Well, this guy's saying this. And this guy's saying the exact opposite, and they're both claiming to be prophets of my Lord. I, I need to test what's going on here. First of all, does it line up scripturally? <laughs> okay, um, I'm into fact-checking, and the Word of God, brother and sister, is our fact-checker. Okay, <laughs> That's where we go to find the truth, because even fact-checkers aren't that good. Um, but the Word of God is going to stand. But we're not to despise prophecies. So how do we find this balance? Okay? I struggle with this. But also, we were exhorted a little earlier to be patient. And that's one thing that I love to do. When these people come and they get excited, especially if they're brothers or sisters that I have respect for, and I see maturity in their lives, and a prophecy spoken, and they're believing it, okay, I will hear it. Okay? I don't know if I will receive it personally because I might be patient, step back and just watch. I'll see how this unfolds, okay? Because let me tell you what, if you speak a prophetic word and whatever you spoke, you said it's from God and it doesn't come to pass, you lost me. I'm sorry, I'm not going to listen to you again. But if you have a proven track record, guess what? Hey, this person does hear from God, <laughs> you know? They've been in tune. There's a track record here. And those are the people that I want to listen to. And there is a lot of stuff been thrown around. I don't know how many messages I've gotten this last year from people. Like, you got to hear this prophecy. You know, these things going down, the dreams they're having. Most of it's junk. Okay? I have discernment and I can, you know, <laughs> right away. Spirit does not testify to this. This is, I don't even have to listen to it. You know, but then there's other times where I got to really pay attention to what's being said and I, you know, play the waiting game, you know, but ultimately guys, you know, you may have testimony, but prophecy specifically, it's not changed my walk with the Lord radically in any way in my Christian experience. It has brought me to a place of praising 
in rejoicing in the Lord because a word was spoken and I've seen the faithfulness of God to that spoken word and that rejoices my heart as a believer. Okay, you guys may have experienced that and that's awesome. But as we walk with the Lord, that again is just a regular part of life. Okay, we see it all the time and it's not always just a specific prophetic word because you guys know that the, the scriptures are prophetic in nature. Their promises all over in prophecy given, and we're seeing this stuff unfolding all the time right before our eyes, okay? Does it change my walk radically? No, because I already know him. I already know that he's faithful, okay? It just encourages my faith. It just helps me to rejoice. Does that make sense? Okay, not saying that there isn't, you know, a place for prophecy. Uh, We don't want to despise it. We've had people share here at Freedom in years past, but it's something, if there's a prophetic word, we don't want to despise it, okay? We ask you guys, come, share with the leadership, and if it testifies, we'll pray about it. If it sounds right, if we, you know, sense that it is from the Lord, we'll share that word with the church. We're not going to despise it. It is a gift that God gives to the church, but I will tell you, more times than not, people have said, hey, I got a word for the church, and they've shared it, and I'm like, no, you don't, (laughs) And most of the time, it's because it goes right against the scripture. You know, right there again, that's our fact checker. (laughs) This isn't of the Lord. God's not going to say this, which we know is true, you know, and say something contrary. Anyways, you guys get the point? Test all things. Prove it. Um, Dr. F.F. Bruce said this, early church writers, when they were um, uh, attributing the sayings of Christ, he said, become approved money changers. That's what they were talking about when they were talking about these things that were approved. So it's referring to those who were occupied uh, changing various currencies and they were constantly looking for counterfeit coins. Okay, So we are to be looking. Okay, What's going on? Some of you guys follow Pastor David on Stand Up for the Truth. There's a lot of things exposed because the world, hey, this is right, this is true, this is good. Well, hey, let's look a little deeper into it, okay? Does it line up with Scripture? Is it right? Is it wrong? Because the world is throwing so much at us so fast, we can't even cipher it all. I don't think we were even created to deal with it all. I think we're learning way too much, (laughs) okay? We don't need to know that much. We need to know Jesus, know his word, okay? Okay. And I want you guys to remember, even if 80 million people believe in a dumb idea, it's still a dumb idea, okay? And that's, that's how I feel today in the world I live. Everybody thinks this is good. No, God says it's evil. I don't care that there are so many of you saying that it's a good thing. It doesn't matter, okay? Right is right and wrong is wrong, period. Um. Verse 22, let's wrap it up. It's stained from every form of evil. So every form, every kind, every species, every class, okay? Not appearance as the King James Version translation put it, okay? It can include that, but the contrast to the good in these previous verses. So to stay away from all of it, all evil is what Paul is saying here. So the danger was that the believer would go overboard, okay, in maybe not listening to any prophecy or to the other extreme to quench the spirit by rejecting his revelations. So don't do that. (laughs) All right, last few verses, verse 23. 
We look here at loving God's faithfulness. Now, may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved and blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful, who will also do it. Brethren, pray for us. Greet all brethren with a holy kiss. I charge you that the Lord or the Lord, that this epistle be read to all the holy brethren. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. So verses 23 and 24 talks about God's sanctification here. Now here's an exhortation to complete holiness. Verse 23, on the assured help of God that we see in verse 24. So sanctification is not something Jesus puts inside of us. It is himself inside of us he is our righteousness do you guys get that it is him okay he is our hope of glory he is faithful and it tells us here sanctify you completely so that is through and through the whole man in every part he does not want any part of uh, their being to fall short of the entire consecration to god okay uh, the Puritan Joseph Carl uh, put it this way, perfect holiness is the aim of the saint on earth and it is the reward of the saint in heaven. So when every part of our lives, guys, inward, outward, okay, um, lies under that sanctifying grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the power of God working in us, we shall be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay? It's him working in us. Again, that's why we don't quench the Spirit. So the cost of sanctification, absolutely everything which is not of God. I believe that. Everything that's not of God. So are you prepared to accept Paul's prayer for you? I love this prayer. Did you guys like this prayer? It's one of the coolest prayers in all the Bible. Right there. I don't know how to pray. Start reading Paul's prayers. Great way to pray for one another, for the church, for yourself. Okay? So, um, we need to be praying, guys. Um, so all of us, okay, we're all spirit, we're all soul, we're all body, and we're all to be blameless, right? All of us. But I also want us to remember, guys, that certainty is wrapped up in God who will complete what he's begun. Do you guys know that? Okay? He will complete that work that he's begun. So our sanctification and preservation are guaranteed in him because of him. And then Paul's exhortations in verse 25 and on um, he and his fellow missionaries knew they needed a little help from their friends. Uh, so they exhorted the Thessalonians, hey, can you guys pray for us? Okay. Really? You guys, the apostles, you need prayer? Yeah, we all need prayer. Uh, uphold us before the throne of grace was his request. Thomas Watson underlined the effectiveness of prayer when he said, the angel fetched Peter out of prison but it was a prayer that fetched the angel. I like that. We need to pray, guys. So Paul needed a support group, really, 
The epitome of pride is, hey, I can go it alone in my Christianity. I don't need you. I don't need fellowship. I can do it. Don't pray for me. I got it. No. That's just pride, guys. We need one another. Then verse 26, greet with a holy kiss. Uh, Single men, before you try to highlight this in your girlfriend's Bible, um, (laughs) know this. it was a man kissing a man and a woman kissing a woman. It was a custom of the day. It's still practiced today in the Middle East on the cheeks. Um, verse 27, it talks about charge here. Uh, this is very strong language. I charge you to read this letter in all the churches. Okay, That's part of the reason why we went through Thessalonians the last couple months. I was just reading through. In this one verse, verse 27, I charge you to read this. To all the churches. And this word charge, guys, in the Greek is super strong language. Like, you do this absolutely. It needs to be done. Okay? And I'm so glad that we've gone through this. What a blessing Thessalonians has been. And then I want to wrap things up considering verse 28 where it talks about the grace of God. You guys know this is God's unfavored or unmerited favor in Christ. That is grace. So... At the entrance of this coal mine, a man spied this beautiful white flower growing on the black earth. How can it blossom in such purity, radiance, in this dirty mine, he asked. Throw some coal dust on it and you will see for yourself, one replied. And when he did, he was surprised that the fine sooty particles slid right off the snowy petals, leaving the plant just as lovely and unstained as before. Its surface was so smooth that the grit and the grime could not adhere to it. Just as that flower, guys, could not control its habitat, so we cannot help the world in which we live in, filled with evil. But... God's grace can keep us so clean and unspotted that though we touch it, every side may get touched, it can't cling to us. That's God's grace. So Father, we are so thankful for your word. We thank you for this epistle. We thank you so much for this grace that has found us. We don't deserve it, Lord. We are so thankful that you are a giver. And that you give every good and perfect gift to your kids, Lord. You've given more than we could ever ask for. And I do pray, Lord, that we would just continue to allow uh, that grace, your grace, that grace upon grace, Father, to work in our lives, that we would receive by faith all that you would have in that, that we wouldn't quench your spirit in any way, but we would be a doer of your word. God, these things are so right and so practical and so profound all at the same time. We're just thankful for the richness of your word. I pray, God, that you would allow it, God, to just uh, go deep into our lives, that we would be doers of it, that we would honor you and help us just to love and to serve one another in ways that you would be asking of us, God. So please open our eyes and show us how we can do that. And then more than anything, God, I just ask of you, Lord, especially this Christmas season, that you'd help my brothers and sisters just to enjoy you, 
God, that's why we've been created. Lord, help us to walk with you. Lord, to talk with you just throughout the entire day, every day. There's nothing better than being with you, communing with you. God, thank you for being alive. Thank you for being there for us. God, and we do pray and ask for any that have not come uh, to you in faith, that they would bow the knee today, that they would cry out and ask you, Jesus, to forgive them, that they would put their faith in you and come into relationship into your family. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you're still saving people. Thank you despite all the evil in this world, God, you are still on the throne and you are the light of this world. God, help us to shine for you. We ask in your name. Amen. Amen. Good stuff in First Thessalonians, guys. So next week, Pastor David's going to be preaching. Two weeks from now, we're going to start Genesis. Again, my ask, read through Genesis before we start, okay? It takes a few hours if you read like me. <laughs> if you don't read like me, it might only take an hour and a half. Anyways, God bless you guys. Have a Merry Christmas. Christmas Eve, 530 right here. Merry Christmas. Cool? Merry Christmas. Cool.